Welcome! Hi, and welcome to another fun-filled week of Paranormally Speaking. On this episode, I will be talking about when Bigfoot attacks. Attacks made by Yeti, Grassman, Bigfoot, Skunk Ape, name it. Bipedal cryptids that have allegedly attacked people, hikers, campers, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, um, cave dwellers, cave spelunkers, whatever you want to call them. Those that are scaling rock walls and whatnot end up in areas that are heavily protected by a camp of grassmen or a lone Bigfoot. Maybe it's close to the nest where their youngling are trying to feast or grow or live in peace. It's anyone's guess, but this week, this episode, we'll be diving into that and many other things, of course. And I hope that you've had a wonderful week and that you're not listening to this episode while camping because you could end up being scared out of your camper or tent, however you're doing it, sleeping under the stars, I don't know. But buckle up and enjoy the ride and please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. I've come across some amazing articles and books written about when Bigfoot attacks, different eyewitness accounts, different stories and tales, things to share around the campfire or when you're camping, or things to read in the comfort of your own home, your four-walled world that's protected with locks and maybe weapons if you have them to protect yourself from a ravenous Bigfoot if they truly do exist. The first one is Bigfoot Attack, a true story. Barry Silverfoot, lead investigator for New York Paranormal, released first ever accounts of a Bigfoot attack and kidnapping by two Bigfoot creatures at one time in upstate New York. This book is based on true events related to Barry by a school teacher from New York. Names have been changed to protect identity. This book is dedicated to Gail and her husband, Bob to their family and their undying devotion to the study and investigations to find Bigfoot and understand its place in our world. Gail's search for the truth will go on until all her questions are answered. Her husband will continue to support her and be at her side, helping her investigate this creature's behavior and will not stop until the scientific community accepts this creature as a real entity. After three years of psychotherapy and counseling, Gail was encouraged by her loving husband to talk about what happened to her and to get the story out for people to know and be warned not to go into the woods alone, ever. Her husband, Bob, gave his accounts to the events also backing up what Gail has claimed to be a true story. The next book that I recommend is titled Sasquick, A Controversial Account of a Bigfoot Attack. Um, it's S-A-E-S-Q hyphen E-C, or actually apostrophe E-C. Um, I believe it is French-Canadian. In 1983, five people were brutally killed while on a camping trip in Washington's remote Okanogan County. 
32 years later, one reporter who covered the incident needs to record the truth about what happened on that horrible August morning. The incident was originally blamed on an unfortunate encounter with a diseased bear. But that is not at all what the sole survivor described as what happened. At 96 years old, Stephen Patterson is afraid of dying without revealing the truth. However controversial a truth that he believed would have devastated him economically and the fragile state of the U.S.'s third largest and thinly populated county. Decide for yourself who or what was responsible. If you don't believe in Bigfoot, be prepared to believe after reading this. The third selection is titled, When Bigfoot Attacks. Native American legends speak of brutal wars between tribesmen and cannibal giants, an early form of ethnic cleansing from which only one side could emerge victorious. But are these stories true? And now a word from our sponsor. We assume Bigfoot crossed the road to get to the other side, as the old joke goes, but when the enigmatic hominid, nobody knows for sure. Here's what we do know. On June 22, 2009, at around 6.30 p.m., a 19-year-old college student was driving on a curvy road near Rhinebeck, New York. Now, this was a back road. On the way to a rehearsal at a nearby performing arts center, according to the BFRO report, as he swerved to miss an object on the road, a shopping bag containing, oddly, an open cereal box and a small log. He glanced in his rearview mirror and saw someone or something darting behind his car, apparently to retrieve the bag. A moment later, the student stopped and turned his car around and got a three to four second glimpse of something walking on two feet about 50 feet away. He described the creature which he saw from the rear and side profile as being between seven to seven and a half feet covered with black hair and possessing broad muscular shoulders with arms that swung in an exaggerated fashion and palms that faced upwards. The witness recalled that he felt nervous, confused, and excited at the same time during his brief encounter. At about 1.30 on the morning of January 8th in 2008, a Big rig driver was hauling a load of Idaho potatoes on U.S. I-15 near the town of Skiripio, just outside of St. George, Utah. As he downshifted and headed down an incline, the fog grew increasingly heavy. The driver noticed something by the side of the road with glowing eyes and thought it might be a deer. When he switched on his high beams, he was startled to see a gigantic creature running across the road from left to right on long strides, just 20 feet or so away. According to an interview with the BFRO investigator, he later estimated based on a comparison of his truck and factoring on the distance that the creature was at least 10 feet tall and between 6 to 800 pounds. It had black hair and big eyebrows and long lanky arms that were proportionally longer than a human's. For a moment, it turned its head and stared at the rapidly approaching truck. 
the driver swerved hard to the middle of the freeway to avoid hitting the creature, which nearly caused the truck to crash. Fortunately, he regained control of the vehicle, but he managed to roll to a stop two to three hundred yards away and looked back. The mysterious figure was gone. The driver, an avid outdoorsman and hunter, told the BFRO investigator that he'd always been skeptical about the existence of Bigfoot, but after actually seeing one in the flesh, he changed his mind. His opinion was forever changed. It scared the hell out of me, he admitted. Another such instance, it was about a quarter past six on the morning of September 1st, 2009. A woman commuting to a job in Riffle, Colorado, was feeling a little groggy on her way to work, despite her usual cup of takeout coffee. Just before she started up through Independence Pass, she decided to pull her truck over to the side of the road and get a little fresh air. As she got out of the truck, she noticed some movement in the meadow directly ahead of her. At first, she thought it might be a bear. But when the creature stood up, she saw that it had arms that hung to its side just like a person. The creature was huge and had a cinnamon-colored style fur. She told Bifro, BFRO, the investigator, and after some coaxing on the part of the investigators, she also revealed that it had an additional anatomical feature, a pair of large breasts. Prior to the encounter, she witnessed the uh, admitted that she had always poo-pooed the possibility of such creatures existing, but said, my life is forever changed. At around dusk, on August 29th, 2011, a woman was outside her house with a litter of whippet puppies who were going potty when she heard a whistling sound, the sort that she makes when she's trying to get the attention of her dogs. Thinking that it might be another one of her pets, a parrot perhaps, she did a few back-and-forth whistles with the source. Then one of her adult dogs, an Australian shepherd, woofed and barked wildly, and she heard a loud rustle in the nearby forest. She looked up to see a tall, hairy creature. It was an estimated eight to nine feet tall. And when it saw her, it let go of the tree branch it was holding down with, and it stepped back into the trees and disappeared. The investigator with BFRO who interviewed the witness noticed that she was a former deer hunter and experienced in the outdoors, and thus unlikely to have mistaken the creature for another large animal, I'm sure that Bigfoot's curiosity would be heightened by a new woman living in the previously unoccupied house and a littler, uh, litter full of whippet puppies, he concluded. On October 23, 2010, at about 7.15 a.m., a deer hunter parked his all-terrain vehicle on a trail and quietly slipped into the still-darkened woods. He hoped to make it to his favorite clearing without spooking any deer in the area. As he was walking, he noticed a very large animal walking about 10 yards ahead of the trail. Oddly, while it didn't appear to be running, the animal seemed to cover about 15 to 20 feet. In just two strides, it made no noticeable noise. The hunter clicked on his flashlight. What I saw made my hair stand on end, he wrote in his report on the BFRO website. The creature was between seven and seven and a half feet tall, and he estimated that it weighed around 500 pounds. It was muscular and covered with dark fur, with long arms and slightly hunched posture. 
I have seen a few bears, and I know positively that it was not a bear, he explained in his report. The creature quickly moved down a hillside and was gone after a few seconds. It all happened so quickly that he never even thought of using the digital camera he had with him. I used to think that Sasquatch couldn't exist because we would have seen it already, and if I saw it, there'd be tons of pictures, he admitted. But now I can see why that isn't true. You're usually startled by that point upon noticing it, and it's too late. In the swamps of Florida, Bigfoot is known by a different name, the skunk ape, an apparent reference to the appalling smell that the creature supposedly exudes, according to the BBC. The stinky creature may have been spotted on May morning of 2011. According to the report on the BFRO website, a fishing guide was using a pole to propel a flatboat in a mangrove swamp when he and his two clients, a commercial pilot and an attorney, spotted something on the shore about 100 yards away. At first, the guide thought the creature might be a feral hog or possibly a bear. But as the boat got closer, the creature, which apparently had been rooting through the sand or fish for fish or crustaceans to eat, turned and stood up to look directly at them. The guide estimated the apparent skunk ape was as wide as a side-by-side refrigerator freezer with a muscular torso, a ZZ top-looking beard, and a hairless forehead. The creature stared at them for about 15 seconds and then made a guttural moan and a sort of a snort and walked away into the mangroves. And this next one, based on uh, the stories that have been shared with me from my listeners and people who follow my channel. On July 2009, a worker was returning home from a deck building job at about 6 p.m. As he drove through a wooded area near houses and a school, he noticed what first appeared to be a man standing on the side of the road. As the car got closer, however, the man suddenly bolted into the woods like a wild animal spooked by human presence. The driver slowed down and watched the creature run about 30 yards and then make a turn, which enabled the driver to get a better look at him. Unlike other reports that depict Bigfoot as gigantic, the driver reported that the creature was about 6 feet high, maybe 200 pounds. He said the creature was covered in shaggy, rust-colored fur and ran with a strange, hoppy, bounding motion. It was either real or there was a man in a very, very convincing costume. The witness reported to the BFRO website. Another one. On October 25, 2010, a man was watching a movie at about 1 a.m. when he heard a noise outside his house. This sounded like a long blast from a car horn or a police siren. He hit the mute on his TV and realized that the sound was more like a howl or an injured animal. He assumed that it was a bear or a mountain lion. The next evening, a friend came to pick him up to drive to a casino at about 8 p.m. The two men had driven about four miles when they both heard the noise once again. They slowed down and the noise stopped. They resumed driving and then suddenly had to swerve to avoid a car ahead of them and had abruptly stopped. It was then that the two gamblers spotted what appeared to be a man-like creature at least 10 feet tall, covered in dark brown and black fur, with eyes that glowed from the reflection of their headlights. Human eyes don't do that, the witness explained in his report. After 20 to 30 seconds, the creature walked off with the 
fluid gait and definitely was not human. And the two men quickly drove off in fear. They came home that evening by a different route to avoid another encounter. And the witnesses are now true believers. They describe themselves as being. They believe in Bigfoot, but added, if it's Bigfoot or not, I don't want that coming around my house, nor do I want to encounter it again. This one from September 8th, 2007, happened between 8.30 and 9 p.m. A local law enforcement officer was driving to answer an alarm call on a ranch when he noticed someone or something coming up out of the ravine onto the side of the road. I thought to myself that I might have surprised someone who might have been growing marijuana in the woods or something like that, the officer reported to the BFRO website. But when he hit the brakes and quickly backed up, the headlights illuminated what he described as a creature about seven to eight feet tall, covered with thick brown matted fur, and walked upright. It had leaves and grass matted into its fur on the back, and it had been lying down at one point and was moving very slowly. The creature turned away from the officer and returned to the overgrowth, pushing aside small tree limbs and to clear its path. It was visible for only a few seconds, but he could hear the crunching noise and its movements for a bit longer. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, the officer wrote. It was definitely something I was not going to put out on the radio. And last but not least, this was submitted to me this week, as a matter of fact. You would think that a feral ape-like creature would tread lightly around humans who are equipped to respond to a a sighting with a hail of bullets. Surprisingly, though, Bigfoot seems oblivious to our puny human weaponry as a Blackstone VA man, Virginia, and his son discovered in the early morning hours of May 3rd, 2011, when the two heard a loud noise outside their home. The man grabbed his pistol and the son picked up his shotgun and they were outside to investigate, figuring that they would encounter either a burglar or a bear. Instead, the man reported on the BFRO website they they were confronted by an eight-foot-tall, hair-covered humanoid creature running toward them from the nearby woods. The man screamed at the creature to stop and told his son to shoot, which he did, into the air. The creature shrieked but continued running toward them, getting to within 15 feet before the pair retreated back to their house. I was in terror, the man wrote. He recalled that evening that the pervasive odor that really stunk from the Bigfoot and left footprints that were 8 to 20 inches. An investigator who visited the man's farm and interviewed him documented a series of other unusual incidences, including loud wails and slaps in the side of the house at night, suggesting that Bigfoot had paid him repeat visits. Could it be a warning? Could it be him hunting man instead of man hunting for Bigfoot? The world may never know, and hopefully that encounter does not turn south. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed, 
that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Bigfoot vandalizes a Winnebago and other questionable claims. A Pennsylvania man who accused Bigfoot of vandalizing his 1973 Winnebago in late 2014 is just one of a long history of people who have blamed the hairy humanoid for attacking personal pro property and dwellings. John Reed, a Bigfoot enthusiast, claims that during a camping trip, he and his girlfriend saw a tall, dark, hairy figure walk past their camper window at night. According to one of the news stories, Reed said that Bigfoot threw rocks at the mobile home's outside lights in order to escape discovery. This explanation doesn't make sense. If the Bigfoot didn't want to be noticed, it presumably wouldn't have walked right past the Winnebago's window with two people inside, nor throw rocks to the camper. The creature could simply have avoided the campsite or kept walking into the darkness if it did not want to be detected, instead of standing and throwing rocks at an exterior light. Perhaps the strangest part of the story is that Reed, who founded a Bigfoot hunting group and claims to have seen it twice before, did not photograph the creature. As odd as this story seems, Reed is not the first to claim the fine traces and evidence of what they assume must have been a Bigfoot-type creature, though not clearly seeing or photographing it at the time. The logic goes like this. I don't know what else it might have been, so it must have been a Bigfoot. It is well known that wild animals attack vehicles such as cars and RVs, especially if they can smell food inside. And many animals, including bears and raccoons, can be very clever and persistent in trying to get into vehicles and other containers. Trash cans in national parks have specifically designed latching mechanisms to thwart feral intruders. There have been other cases where unknown creatures attack vehicles, though those attacks have typically occurred at night and or while the occupants were away. Strangely, Bigfoot are never credibly accused of attacking people. Just about every other animal in the world has been known to attack humans at some point, including cats, dogs, deer, moose, bear, boar, elk, cougar, birds, fish, and so on. Not so for Bigfoot, a fact that raises suspicion among many, many skeptics. And then, when you take into consideration the lack of evidence that we have yet to see, or that has been compiled, unfortunately, none of which has been brought to light, of actual encounter, well, I guess violent encounters with Bigfoot creatures. Uh, there have been stories for decades of like a legion of Bigfoot creatures throwing boulders and rocks and whatnot at hunting cabins, which I can kind of understand, especially if the um, Bigfoot creatures uh, dwelling is, is being disrupted or disturbed uh, vandalized or litter being left behind. I mean, perhaps the strangest part about that is uh, 
it's well known that wild animals attack vehicles such as RVs and so forth. And Bigfoot has been claimed to vandalize not only dwellings, but also trees. And there are stories, countless stories of uh, Bigfoot creatures taking giant tree branches and snapping them just like you would a, a thin pretzel. I mean, it's nothing to them. And in October of 2011, Bigfoot researcher and biologist John Bendergbale visited Western Siberia to examine evidence of the Yeti, the Russian version of Bigfoot. He claimed to have found evidence that the creature broke trees and branches. Twisted trees like this uh, have also been observed in North, Car uh, North America, and they could fit into with the theory that Bigfoot makes nests with said branches. And there have been nests discovered in eastern Ohio um, from the Grassman, which is technically the Midwest's version of Bigfoot. Uh, he also said this to the interview uh, that he had with uh, The Sun, a British tabloid. And another mysterious incident that some attribute to Bigfoot or another unknown creature. In 2008, a South Carolina couple claimed that something vandalized their vehicle, leaving mysterious bite marks and ripping out part of the fender of their 2002 Dodge Grand Caravan. A famous 1924 Bigfoot attack... The most famous case of a Bigfoot attack allegedly occurred at a place called Ape Canyon near Mount St. Helens, Washington. In 1924, a group of five miners worked at the site were besieged by a group of ape men. One of the miners, a man named Fred Beck, claimed that they sighted a group of Bigfoot high above them on the edge of the canyon. The miners then spent a terrified night holed up in their cabin during which the Bigfoot bombarded the cabin with rocks, and they claimed even tried to break down the door. The miners couldn't get a good look at the Bigfoot creature at that point, partly because it was dark and because they could not see outside through the small cracks in the door and walls. The incident was cited for years in Bigfoot lore as a classic Bigfoot attack. And the details were exaggerated with some retelling each time. For example, a few dozen fist-sized rocks that rained down on the roof and walls became giant boulders. In some versions of the story, later research found that the famous Ape Canyon Bigfoot attack was not a hoax, but nor was it real. It was instead a combination of a prank and misperceptions. It seems that the Bigfoot were local YMCA youth from nearby Spirit Lake, who had a long tradition of throwing stones, including pumice rocks, which can be deceptively light for their size, down into the canyon from above. The kids would not have known the miners were in the canyon, nor even that they were necessarily hitting a cabin in the darkness far below. When the miners looked up, they would have seen silhouettes of figures far above them. It must surely have been a terrifying experience for the miners, and it's easy to see how the Bigfoot story could have been spawned all these years from that one encounter. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. A Russian doctor suggests that Yeti could have killed a group of hikers. One of the more fantastic theories for what may have caused the infamous pass incident is getting another look thanks to a Russian doctor who says that a Yeti could have caused the tragic event. 
Over the last 60 years, historians and armchair researchers have offered no shortage of possible explanations for what could have killed nine hikers in the Ural Mountains back in 1959. Although ideas such as an avalanche or a weapons test gone awry are usually treated as plausible, the proverbial snowman hypothesis has been largely dismissed as merely an example of just how outlandish the speculation can sometimes get. However, a fascinating new investigation by a Russian media outlet explores the often derided idea that a Siberian Sasquatch could have somehow led to the hiking party's mysterious demise. The surprisingly lengthy piece was inspired by the musings of what the outlet calls an eminent doctor, who postulated that the rib injuries sustained by two of the dead hikers were the result of a large creature squeezing their chest in a manner similar to an adult inadvertently hurting a child by embracing them with too much force. Alas, it is entirely understandable, considering the allegedly renowned doctor opted not to reveal his name for fear of being ridiculed. Nonetheless, this bold assertion that Bigfoot might be to blame for the incident apparently led reporters to look into such a scenario, and in turn, they uncovered several fascinating witness accounts of a Sasquatch-like creature known as Kampolan lurking in the region. One such account came from a local historian who recalled camping in the Ural Mountains and discovering massive barefoot prints outside his tent in the morning as well as a tall tree nearby that inexplicably twisted into a spiral. Others recalled actually spotting the creatures and described them as one might expect tall, bipedal, and hairy. <clears throat> Quite a few residents from the region who were willing to share their knowledge of the Kampolan ascribed a number of almost supernatural abilities to these creatures, bearing an uncanny resemblance to the North American tales of Bigfoot. One individual noted that mysterious cryptids are close. The person experiences a hypnotic suggestion, which causes fear or even panic. Another witness described seeing the beast vanish before their eyes, as if they evaporated into thin air. Chillingly, several people <clears throat> blame the creature for mysterious disappearances in the area, and one even went as far as to share a classic challenging story in which a human baby was seemingly switched with that of a Kampolan. Although it is still seems highly unlikely that the past incident could have been caused by a Yeti encounter, the Kampolan accounts of the people in the region are rather fascinating since a good number of the tales are almost certainly being shared with the world for the first time ever. And so we are probably <clears throat> owe some gratitude to the mysterious doctor who dared to go there and in turn help to unearth a slew of sensational and unheard of stories of the mysterious Sasquatch-like creature said to lurk in the mountains of Siberia. Ghosts, aliens... UFOs, Bigfoot, parallel universes, angels and demons, time travel, cryptozoology, and so much more within the realm of the unexplained, the strange, and the out of this world. I'm your host, Neil Parks, award-winning author, screenwriter, researcher, and paranormal professional. Join me every week as I tackle hot-button topics within the paranormal realm. 
I'll share personal accounts, my research, and secondhand evidence. I will read excerpts and stories from my books and discuss my upcoming projects in the literary world. Documentaries, both on TV and the big screen, plus my independent film projects. Paranormally Speaking is both thought-provoking and entertaining. New episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in to Paranormally Speaking and prepare to be enlightened. The time that U.S. troops believed that they saw Bigfoot in the jungles of Vietnam, in the Kantum province of Vietnam, near the borders with Laos and Cambodia, there were many reports from the U.S. troops on patrols of a strange, not quite human, but not quite ape creature, the locals called Nagao Rung, or the people of the forest. In other words, we know him as Bigfoot. Gary Linderer was on a six-man patrol with the 101st Airborne Long Range Reconnaissance Patrols. While struggling through the underbrush, he ran into a deep set of eyes on a prominent brow, five feet tall with long muscular arms. The creature walked upright and was then much taller than five feet. He had broad shoulders and a heavy torso. His battle buddies told him he just saw a rock ape, but Lindrer had seen rock apes before. This was no rock ape. Once it stood completely tall, it was about an excess of seven feet. Like the Yeti in the Himalayas and the Sasquatch sightings all over North America, the Nagoya Rung is an often told tale in this area. But despite endless sightings and folklore attached to the semi-mythical creature, no concrete evidence exists. Linderer wasn't the only witness either. Army Sergeant Thomas Jenkins reported his platoon was attacked by these apes throwing stones at them. Toward the end of the war, Viet Cong and NVA soldiers reported so many sightings of the reddish-brown-haired covered Nagao Rong. The North Vietnamese Communist Party ordered scientists to investigate the sightings. Dr. Vo Quy, a respected Doctor and environmental researcher from Hanoi discovered the Nagao Rong footprint on the forest floor and made a cast of it. The cast was wider than a human foot and too big for an ape and much too long for a human. In 1982, another Vietnamese scientist, Tran Hong, Viet discovered more footprints, which led zoologist John McKinnon to investigate the region. McKinnon called the area a tiny, pristine corner of the world unknown to modern science. In 1969, McKinnon discovered man-like footprints in Borino's jungles, with the locals called Batutut, while much of the evidence surrounding the existence of these apes is only through theory alone. McKinnon, known for his discoveries of new mammal species in Vietnam, believes that there is a possibility the existence of a previously unknown ape species is very much real. The account of Nagai Rong meeting American GIs in Vietnam was first published in Craig P.J. Jorningson's Very Crazy GI But Strange True Stories of the Vietnam War. That's all the time I have this week. Thank you so much for hunkering down, listening to me amber on for... Almost an hour about encounters, dangerous encounters with Bigfoot, when Bigfoot attacks, when Yeti attacks, Sasquatch, Skunk Ape, Grassman, whatever you prefer to call him, Yowie, the ever enigmatic cryptid known as Bigfoot. 
we may in our lifetime never really get to the bottom of what it's all about how long they've been here where they're hiding what they want other than to be left alone um i know if i were to encounter one i would never tell anyone where i saw it or found it for the fear of its habitat being destroyed by people that are wanting to get a selfie with it or possibly harm it have a great rest of the week and a terrific weekend and mother's day is sunday so be good to your moms This is Neil Park signing off for Paranormally Speaking. Thank you.